Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, friends. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had a great weekend. I certainly did. Let me just give you a little update on what's going on with me because I know that I... um. I scared all of you last, I scared a lot of you last week with where I was at mentally. And um, it's so funny because I really tried to keep it as not, I, I, I wasn't trying to alarm anyone. I was honestly trying to appear a lot less depressed than I was. And, I, and that's just a testament to how depressed I was because whatever you heard was me like faking like I wasn't. So I was really in a dark place last week, was not good. Um, uh, my friends suffered greatly from me having to call them and cry. And, um, and a lot of people reached out to me, as I told you on um, Friday's episode, I got booked on Joe Rogan because people were so concerned for me. So there are a lot of silver linings. Um, and one that I always uh, realize after I go through a spell of depression is that I just have amazing friends. And I hope that if you also suffer with these things, that you have people in your life who uh, care about you and who reach out. Like I told you on Friday, were some people that I was like, why would they even notice? I want to give a shout out to Mateo Lane, who reached out to me. Uh, Jesse Mae Peluso reached out to me. Um, Mike Birbiglia reached out to me. Like people that I don't really talk to. Esther, oh, I forgot to tell you guys this. Esther Pavitsky, little Esther, she uh, FaceTimed me on Friday night in, and because she was listening to my podcast, Sarah Schaefer, I want to uh, I want to shout out to who reached out to me. I mean, I, I and it's a it's a it's a list that I'm missing out on so many people who reach out to me because they were worried about me, which is was not my intention. But it, I just felt so touched and so uplifted by the amount of support. But Esther made me laugh so hard. So I'm in bed on Friday night, and it was like not a good day. Um, and I was emotionally just like I was kind of coming out of the fog on Friday night. Uh, and it was lifting a little bit. It was completely lifted on Saturday morning. Thank freaking God. Um, but Friday night, I was already starting to like see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm in bed about to go to sleep. And I, all of a sudden, it was like FaceTime from Esther. And I answered it. And she just goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you going off your meds? She was like pissed. She goes, you're going off your meds because your hair was falling out because of it? Nikki, fuck you. Like she was, so, it, her expression, I mean, she was like, a, she was pissed at me. She was like, do you think you're better than meds? Like, do you think it's like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't good. She was almost like, I, I know where you've been. I've been there very recently, actually. And you need to, meds change everything. She like, was like, just get on something. You need it. And, and so I, I needed that swift kick in the ass. But the way that she said it, it was just so not like, handling me with kid gloves and being like, it's okay the way you're feeling. She was just like, get the fuck off your high horse and get on meds. You're not better than meds. What are you doing? She goes, I'm listening to your podcast. I, I had to stop it and call you. What the fuck is going on? So it was really funny. And, um, and we ended up really like laughing together. I just loved it. I loved every, every phone call I got. Um, and I picked them all up, even though I didn't want to, oh, what was I going to say? But I, I am, I did contact my, um, doctor. I am getting on meds. Um, ASAP. And even though I feel great right now and I'm not on anything, I do know that I can't trust this feeling just like I can't trust it when I get those really low lows. I can't trust it when I get like the, the highs. I actually, 
I talked about him on Friday's episode, but I reached out to Gary Goldman because I was like, I wanted to talk to someone who has felt the way that I felt before and struggled with it. He gave me great advice. He made me feel not crazy for all the feelings I'm feeling. He made me, um, he talked me out of my uh, career talent dysmorphia that I have, which is like, I'm not funny. I've never thought of anything funny. Anyone who thinks I'm funny is being tricked into thinking I'm funny. He like, he was able to talk me out of all of it and talk me through it and not, not tell me that I was crazy for what I was thinking or that I was wrong, but that like, he just held my hand through it. And he's someone who's like been hospitalized for this shit before. So I'm not scared of asking for help. That's what I've learned this time around. So that's just my statement that I wanted to say to all of you. I'm really sorry if I scared anyone. I'm really sorry that I couldn't take a break from podcasting and like tend to myself and not kind of put that out there for you guys to have to deal with. I don't want, I want people to be entertained by this. I don't want you to have to, I just don't want you to be a receptacle for all my emotional pain that I can just, and, and, and I know you can turn it off at any time, but I really appreciate you guys going through the ups and downs with me. And I think that's part of the reason you like this podcast is because I'm honest with you about that stuff, but I'm in a good place now. I hope to stay in this good place. And I'm just now remembering that I wanted to write a letter to myself. So when I'm depressed again, I can read it. And I can talk to myself and say that it isn't going to last. Here's the way it really is. And you'll feel this way again. So maybe that's just like a, a, a tool that maybe you can use if you tend to get depressed. If you're having a good day, write a letter to yourself when you're having a bad day. Today on the show, I wanted to uh, have guests again because I felt like last week was just me alone. And I wanted to kind of process what I went through and how I'm feeling now and just talk, have some fun with some friends. First off, uh, Anya Marina is here. She's been on the podcast many times before. She is one of my favorite musicians of all time. Her music actually really got me through a lot last week, as well as her friendship. We talked a lot. She was on the receiving end of the worst of it, you guys. The worst. This woman is so strong, such a good friend, listens to me just like, at my, just say, I can say things to her that I know that I can't say to anyone else because I know that she's, I mean, she's seen me at my worst and, um, and she's never going to like call anyone about me. I mean, she's gets worried about me. I know, but she's just someone I trust to, uh, I can just totally trust and let it all out. And, um, and she has the new album coming out <laughs> September 25th. She has it's released great depression. No, no, it's not. Uh, Anya, uh, yeah, you have like four, you've released like four singles this summer and they've all helped me through so much. Oh, thank you. Broken so Bottles nice. is such a jam. Um, these are the ones I recommend. Broken Bottles, uh, The Last Word. Yeah. Is that, The Last Word is like almost too heartbreaking for me to listen to. Um, and, uh, and what's the other one that, uh, and the one you did with Matt, uh, Pillar of Salt, which is a cover, right? Oh yeah. That's on his new EP that's out now called Songs of Disquiet, which is so good. I am obsessed with listening to that. He does this cover of Shocking Blues, Rock in the Sea, which is, I don't even remember that song, but it's, I think from the nineties or something. It's so good. I can't stop listening to it. It's great. Um, but yes, and then you were in the video for Pillar yeah, of Salt. Yeah, that's Matt Pond, by the way. I was in the video for Pillar of Salt along with Ian Fidance and Andrew Collin and Anya Marina. It's such a fun, funny video. Um, so Anya Marina's here. Glad to have you here. And also, you know, before the show, I was talking to Anya, getting ready to start, and I was talking to my producer, Noah, and uh, I was like, 
I think I want to have you on too. Like, is it cool that if you would join us? So um, welcome to the show. She's always here in the background. She's listened to every episode. She's, um, she's the brains behind this whole operation. And she's always waiting patiently as I put together these um, just ramblings. And then she pieces them together and makes the podcast every week. Uh, welcome to the show, my producer, Noah. Hi, Noah. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Anya. Hi. I love seeing you girls. I love seeing you. Um, I really just, yeah, I, I, we were just having such a good conversation before we started this thing that I was like, I just want to bring you in. Um, yeah. So I'm out of the depression and, uh, do you guys know what? I didn't really get your sense of things, but you're someone who can get depressed too, right? Like I, 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 I it's like, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. The, I mean, the pandemic or just life? Just, I mean, just like having to go through this pandemic and it's, I guess what's very healing for me listening to the podcast, not just as a producer of it, but as, you know, just a, a regular person listening to a podcast is that, you know, you go through these up and down uh, emotions and you've suffered, you lost a lot of work. I've lost stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say, wait, I'm like, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, you didn't let me finish my statement. <laughs> no. And it's good. It's relatable. Like to me, it really helps me when I know that I'm not the only one that's going through something that feels kind of stupid because I'm not sick or anything. And you know, I yes. didn't, I didn't really lose my house or my life or anything like that. I know it feels, it feels like ridiculous to feel um, so sad sometimes because yeah, like everyone I know and love is for the most part really healthy. I've lost work, but I'm not homeless. I, you know, I, I have people who love me. It's like, what am I so upset about? And it's, it, you feel ridiculous, but then it does, it, it just, yeah, maybe that's what I'm contributing is like showing that someone who seems to on the surface have it all can feel so sad so that it makes people who are also feeling like, why am I sad? I should be happy maybe it makes them feel like they have a little bit of a license to feel sad as well. Um, exactly. Can I ask okay, that's good. I'm so curious about something. Yes, Anya. Um, so as a friend who constantly wonders, like, what is the best thing to say or do when your friend calls you and is so depressed? I'm so curious to know, if you don't mind, what did Gary say to you to help you about that one, just even one example like when you said to him, I'm irrelevant career-wise or whatever you said, how did he, you said he talked? Well, what I was telling that. him, yeah, good question. And by the way, you nail it every time I call and, and just, I, I don't know. I how, mean, I just like I cry on the phone with you and I say the <laughs> I dumbest things I and I say the darkest things. And you always, you always just go like, that sounds really hard. I just want someone to have empathy for me and to not make me feel, not try to talk me out of it. Or say, but, but like things you are. You gotta have the right timing too, because I've been the Esther before, and sometimes it's like, if maybe like if you got a little Esther in your life, she can say that thing. But then if like a Noah or an Anya says what little Esther says, it's like fuck you, because I've been the one before that's been like, you're crazy, and you're like, I'm getting off the phone now. Like that's yeah. not what I need to hear. So yeah, it's it's all about timing. There's no yeah. right way to do it. You're so right. Um, and I think Esther can get away with that because we're not as close and she's so like, that's just so her vibe to just like cut to the chase. And that's kind of what I expect from her. And that's what I would, I knew picking up the phone that that's what was going to be on the other side of it. As opposed to when I call you, what I want from you is 
someone who just lets me say the weirdest stuff and isn't going to call the cops and knows that I'm just almost saying it to just have a, get a reaction or um, just, you know, I, what Gary Goldman said and what I was saying to him was like, I, I don't feel like I want to do comedy anymore. Like, I feel like I can't be funny. I don't know. Like, it's like, I'm a basketball player that lost their arms. Like that's how much depression saps me of the ability to do the, the thing that I do. Like I can't talk. I can't function. I can't be creative. I can't look at the world with a, um, a light curiosity anymore. Like everything, like my dad the other night, this is a perfect example of what depression is and how like in a, in just a succinct way, I was on the deck with my dad and uh, my mom and their friend and all of a sudden we, they were like, oh my God, there's an owl. And I fucking love birds. Everyone knows that. You guys know I love all birds. Right. The, one of the biggest, rarest birds for you to just see out in the wild is just on a tree within, like we can see it. It's probably like, you know, I don't know feet, but it's like a, 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 an eighth of a football field away. <laughs> no thanks. 40 owl very, feet away. <laughs> yes. It's 40 owl, owl, owl uh, wingspans away. 40 owl wingspans away. And um, it's sitting in the street and I, my back is to it. My dad's like, Nikki, look at that owl. And I just didn't, I couldn't even muster the interest to turn around and look at it. And he goes, are you seriously not going to look at that owl right there? And I was like, I just don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, uh, the, the, having any kind of like amusement or wonder, uh, for the world like is gone. And I, in that moment I was like, wow, that, that to me, I was like, finally, my dad kind of understood what I was going through. Cause he was like, my daughter who actually cares about this stuff isn't even, it's like the quintessential, are you losing interest in things you once loved? Like my commercial would be like, are you not willing to rotate your head 90 degrees to look like, look at an owl? Which can <laughs> rotate its head 300. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that owl should look at me. It has much more uh, rotation on its neck than I do. Um, yeah. What so that Gary was- say to you when you're like, when you're like, people that laugh at me are just, they've been fooled. Yeah. He said- you are not in the right state of mind to make that decision or to make that call. Like you're not, um, that's not your call to make right now. You're like thinking is disease. So like you can think that all you want, but you have no authority and you have no, that's that's what I struggle with as your friend. Cause when you're depressed, you also have a ton of innate glazer confidence in your depressions where you will some, I don't know if it's mania or what it is, but you're like, I'm smarter than all these therapists. They're all charlatans. I know what I know. No one can tell me differently. And I'm like, she's right. Like you can get very convincing when you're depressed. I know. And you're like, and then it's like, but then there's a certain point where I'm like, I'm not on board with her anymore, but I have to just be like, right. I get it. But it's very, very hard to argue with that kind of confidence because you are so sure that what you're saying is true. Yeah. That is depression. Yeah. And that's, that's where I get into some murky territory because I, I feel like I know what's right. It's, it's funny that I think, cause the other day I was saying, I know I'm not funny and I can tell you I'm not funny because I'm hilarious and because I know what's funny and I'm not funny. Like, it's like the confidence to know when something's funny. I was like, I could take you through my latest Conan appearance and tell you why each joke is not that funny. 
and that I'm doing a trick there that makes you think that's funny, but it's not that good of a joke. And that joke right there is kind of like, uh, that's a, that's a hack premise and that's not a joke, but to be able to be in a position to call things out and to tell you what's not funny, you gotta be funny to be able to do that. So I'm already like proving myself wrong by even saying that I have, that I know what's funny and I'm not funny. Well, if you're not funny, then you should know what's funny and what's not. You're so for your own good in those moments. In a what lot was that? You're too smart for your own good in those moments. Mm. Well, you that's know? nice. But yeah, Gary just, uh, thanks for saying that. I, uh, Gary just told me that he's been there. And Gary to me is the most brilliant comedian I know. And for him to have struggled with the fact that he goes, Nikki, I didn't write, I wrote, I didn't, I wrote five minutes of material in one year five minutes and it was a struggle and I asked friends to come over and write with me. I was doing all that I could. I was asking for help. I was, uh, I was working on writing. I wasn't like, I wasn't trying. It wasn't coming out of me. And I was like, Oh good. Okay. If Gary has, has had these times where there's nothing creative coming out and there's no way to even like squeeze the sponge to get it out. Like there's, there's no, not even a drip of humor that can come out of my brain and he's been there before, then, then, that's, then that's okay. Then it's permissible. Then for some reason, that's, I, I allow myself to, 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 to submit to the fact, to the, the, the idea that, well, it's because I'm depressed. And when I get over it, it'll come back. It's so great that you got emboldened enough to call people and also to take calls from people. It's okay. You can come in, babe. Um, Matt's going to come in while we're taping. But um, there he is. Matt socks. Matt, what? Matt Bond, everybody. He's getting socks. We're just keeping it humble here. But no, I think like <laughs> answering the phone when you're depressed is one of the hardest things ever. It's like the heaviest, heaviest thing. Um, but the other thing I was going to tell you is you're like my little Esther. Like when I get depressed and I, I call you because I like that you're like, babe, that's not, nobody cares. And I'll, you know, I'll tell you something I'm convinced of, like, you know, I'm irrelevant or I can't write songs. And you're like, yeah, you're in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody's doing anything. You're, you know, you're doing 8,000 other things a day. Don't worry. Like you, I like that you'll disagree with me a lot. And then you're also super empathetic at the right times. But I definitely go to you for that, for somebody to like deprogram the voice in my head or like convince me that the voice in my head is wrong. You'll poke holes in all the theories I have, which I like. Well, I like that because that's what I wanted more than anything is to have license to not be funny, not to be told that, no, you're funny because this is not what I want to be putting out there. If this is what people expect from me and what people want to keep getting from me, then I'm going to let you down at some point because I don't want to, I want to get, be better than this. So I wanted someone to just give me permission to suck right now and to be like, well, you're sick. So you're allowed to suck. And that's what I said on my podcast on, uh, on the podcast. That's what I said on the podcast on Friday, which is that my therapist was like, yeah, you're not supposed to be funny. You're depressed right now. Why would you ever think anything's funny? Or why would you ever like think of a funny idea? Like you have to, you're, 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 you're suffering right now really deeply. And it's taking all of your mental and physical energy just to not throw in the towel, you know? And so on top of that, how could you possibly uh, how could you possibly be funny? You're not supposed to be. And, f- and it, for some reason that was like, oh, good, good. Yes. This is normal. I'm, uh, I'm allowed to be a comedian who isn't funny for a couple weeks. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it, it was just nice to be allowed um, to take a break. 
know what, when you get yeah. depressed, how does, I'm just interested in how people's depression manifests because it's so different for everyone. And I was talking to my sister about her depression and what, cause she actually, I think she has it all together. And she told me that she struggles with depression. I was like, what are your thoughts? What do you think about? I think about shooting myself. Uh, that's the co constant thought that comes into my head. And, and it's, it's just such a weird specific thing. What do you think about? And she's like, Oh, just that I'm like a bad mom and I've never accomplished anything and I'm never going to accomplish anything. And, and I'm wondering, Noah, what, what do you feel when you get like that? And my worst, it's always jumping out the window. I just want to jump out the window. Oh. That's how bad it is. But Whoa. then, and, and also like, I feel like, Oh, I'm doomed you know, like I've gone through all this therapy and I read all these books and I have all these things that I say to myself and work it out, but it always gets back to that point. And I'm wondering like, when is it going to stop? Like, is it ever going to go away or is this something I'm going to have to struggle with all the time? It's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the window thing is really yeah. interesting because I was actually told by a therapist that, because she was like, when you think about killing yourself, which by the way, I have no plan of doing it. I don't want to do it. It's not, it's not something I'm ever going to do. I will check myself into a hospital before I ever attempt to take my own life. I promise everyone that I promise myself that. However, thinking about killing myself, it tends to just come into my, my head sometimes. Right. And she, she, I remember this one psychiatrist being like, well, how do you kill yourself in your head? Like, what's the thing? And I'm like, I shoot myself in the head with a gun which I've never even like held a gun. I don't even know, I wouldn't even know how to work one. I don't know anything about guns. I'm terrified of even like going to a store and like I, the whole idea of even owning one or like purchasing one, it like stresses me out so much that I wouldn't even be able to get one. Get one. Cause I'm like, you have to get like a license and like bullets and whatever. So I have no plan of doing that, but that's the thought I have. And she was like, that's really interesting because women normally do not think of something so violent. It's usually men blow their heads off. Women turn to pills and more passive, uh, emotionally fraught ways of killing themselves. Whereas men do more violent, men are more prone to do violent things. And I'm like, oh, great. Another example of why I'm masculine energy woman. <laughs> um, but the window thing, do you, is it just, is it the same way I describe it of like, just this, like, like you just think of like jumping out of window, like you just picture yourself doing it or do you like look at a window and you're like, oh, I wish I could jump. Like what's the window thing? It's just a spurt. Like, oh, I should just jump out. I should just jump out. But then it's, then the is it when you're near a window that you could jump out of? Or is it like, you'll be in a park and you're like, it, the thought of jumping out a window. Will there was a window here. Mm, <laughs> I guess I've been like quarantined long enough where I don't even uh, think about being outside the house. I'm just like <laughs> yeah, inside. Yeah. So I just see the windows. Yes. But it's just that if, if I'm in the park, I think it, the depression and, and I'm depressed, it would just be like looking at somebody else and thinking that they're like so happy and perfect. And why can't I have that? It would just be more like jealousy. I know the jealousy thing is a real mofo. Like the Instagram, in, I mean, Instagram's the fucking park. I mean, it's <sighs> all there. I, I, I don't know why the number one advice to give to people who are depressed is to get off Instagram, you know? Oh, I, why it isn't? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's such as, it's like quicksand. You, you step in and it's, there are 30 different ways you can feel bad about yourself within five minutes. Yes. Um, I was thinking about the, I forgot why, just a quick quick, like non sequitur. You were saying something about how you're like, I just don't care. 
I forget what you were talking about, but just now. And it made me laugh so hard thinking about the Instagram black and white challenge. Noah, do you remember this? Yes. Everybody was posting pictures of women. So I get this (laughs) thing from my business manager that's like this long thing. I don't realize yet that it's a chain letter. She's like, I was just thinking of all the badass women I know and you're at the top. And so I'm sending this out to a select few who are on the same page with me, like politically and mentally. And, you know, you're just so inspiring and cool. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. And she's like, so I'm challenging you to post a black and white picture of yourself. And I was like, that's so nice. Okay. And then, so I think about it. I write her back and then I'm like, I don't want to post a picture of myself, but that's so nice. And I don't want to like, I hate chain letters. So I go, I'll just send it to one, one woman. Not, it says send it to 25 other women. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. There was that. so many. I'm like, who knows tw- <laughs> 25 empowering women? Ugh. So I post what? a picture and then what I my send Oprah? it. <laughs> send it to Nikki and I I change a lot of the words and I'm like this is for you you're so cool and funny and smart and inspiring and then Nikki writes back but why this is stupid <laughs> she, she, she just goes what what is this for and I go I think it started in you know Turkey or whatever it's for no like, we didn't know Turkey yet at this okay. point this was free this was free Turkey free Turkey but I'm like it's just to inspire women I don't know like just post a picture of yourself and I go you don't have to do it it's just she goes but why I don't get it I go just women supporting women or something like that. And she's like, to do what? I'm like, yet another excuse for us to post a dumb selfie. I don't know, but you're yeah. great. And she goes, babe, I think I just don't care. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was so annoyed by that thing. I really, I like could not, I just was like, why? I mean, then it came out that it was about Turkey and it was about all these women. It was about like uh, femicide. Is that? what it's called when women are murdered. Um, Yeah, it was about like all these women in Turkey being murdered and like their murders just even going like not even investigated or reported and they're just missing forever. And it's just like so horrible. But at first it was just like, this is for women for women. And and that that thing that you're talking about that you just copied and pasted read like a Nigerian scam letter. Like it was just like, (laughs) you sweet friend, are one whom two I look as power and strength, <laughs> friendship, loyalty, heart emoji. I challenge you. And then I, I couldn't get over the challenge accepted part of this whole thing. Challenge accepted. Oh, what a challenge. Going through your photos and finding one that you can put a filter on. It was like, what challenge is this? I mean, even the black square that we all put out for Black Lives Matter. I mean, I did think that there was some like symbolism to that. And like, it actually stood out and was like making people take a step back from posting about themselves for a goddamn second. But this was like, this just felt just so suspicious to me. And I just, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But um, I think you're so wonderful and smart. And great. I thought it was a promotion for folklore. Don't. Like it was, it was under, it was, it was the week after Folklore came out, Taylor Swift's album that had a black and white aesthetic of her in nature, all black and white photos. And I was like, I think this is just a scheme to get us to all promote Taylor Swift's new album. And I'm behind it on board. Of course you are. Uh, Of course I am. I love Um, how you see Taylor Swift and everything. I have to go do a photo. Speaking of photos, I have to go do a photo shoot in I just texted the guy because I'm going to be late. In 45 minutes, I'm doing a photo shoot in downtown Kirkwood, which is where I'm living. And um, 
God, I dread photo shoots so much. I have to like, I, I, I wash my hair for the first time in a week and a half, which is the longest I've ever gone without washing my hair. And I was just wearing it in a messy bun. I was, I mean, I've been performing every night on stage with like just a disgusting bun. Um, cause I'm too stressed out by the hair falling out. I, I, I want to take a picture and send to you how much hair came out today. And guess what? It's okay. I realized, I think I'm imagining it all. I think maybe I'm losing a normal amount of hair. I'm just have less, I'm just focusing on it more because less is going on in my life and yes. that I'm kind of inventing this because I don't know. I think I've been stressed out about losing my hair since I was 18 and, and, and I first read that it was a symptom of an anorexia, which I was dealing with. So as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, my hair's falling out. And it's like I invented and I've been paranoid ever since. And then going back and looking through photos, I've always had thick hair. Yeah, it might be a little bit thinner now, but it's not, uh, I, I, maybe I've been overreacting a little bit. We should record this and play it for you next month when you get depressed about it. Cause that's, that's a good piece of audio right there for you to re-listen to. It's like a letter to yourself. Yeah, I need to chill out. And you know what? I've been talking about it on stage. I've been talking about the podcast. Talking about my fear of losing my hair has been one of the scariest things to talk about for me. I can talk about a lot, but like for whatever reason, I've been struggling with this for like years now of thinking my hair's falling out and it's been like my biggest secret and it's like my biggest fear that someone might say something about it. Someone might write a roast joke about it because oh, it's God. like, you know that thing that you notice about yourself that no one else does and you're just terrified that anyone would. Um, that was- Perfect pussy. Ugh, I'm yeah. so scared because it's like <laughs> tiny and tight. <laughs> it's so little it's so that you're scared. And But- <laughs> you know what? Someone could, no one could even notice because it's too little to see. You would have to have a microscope down there. Um, but if word ever gets out, I'm so screwed. <laughs> you do have a little vagina and I, I've seen it before. It is tiny. Really? Oh yeah. In, in the bathroom at Asuka? Yeah. When we went into the bathroom at the <laughs> Japanese restaurant. weird that we all took our pants off in a sushi restaurant? Yes. And it looked like we all had slices of ginger stuff between our lips. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, there's some ginger down there. Oh my God. <laughs> it does look like ginger and it smells like it too. It smells like hamachi. Can I have the hamachi ginger? Or I would love a guy to like go down on me with some chopsticks and like part <laughs> my pussy with chopsticks. Um, so nice. It would be nice. Um, chopsticks. I'm sure there's a porn of that. <laughs> I oh I'm positive of it and uh I uh oh, what was I saying oh yeah so it was like my biggest insecurity but since talking about it and I like mentioned on stage the other night like I told a room of people who were able to look at my hair as I was talking about my hair that my hair is falling out and nothing happened it was fine no one was like yeah it is or like heckled like we can tell like no my biggest fear didn't happen no one's been writing to me like, I can tell your hair is like, I think that's my biggest fear. Every time I go to the hairdresser, I'm scared the hairdresser is going to be like, um, this is really bad. And none of them have said that it's going to be fine. And even if they did, because maybe, maybe someone's listening that actually is losing their hair and a lot's falling out. Um, it doesn't make you unlovable. If, cause I was kind of going to a place of like, if I'm losing my hair, no guy is going to want to date me. Guys like girls with a lot of hair, you're supposed to have a you're supposed to have uh, hair with body and a body with no hair. 
and your hair is <laughs> yep. supposed to be full of body and your body is supposed to be, your hair is not supposed to be thin. You're supposed to be thin. Your hair is supposed to have body. Your body is not supposed to have hair. You're supposed uh, you don't stress because your hair will fall out. Oh my gosh, your hair is falling out, but don't stress. Even though that's the biggest stressor. It's like you can't really fucking win. And any guy who's going to love me is going to love me if my hair is thinning or not. Like it, that's just, just not going to be the reason why I find love or don't find it. And I think I kind of arrived at that conclusion. Um, and I do think the people sending me pictures of their clumps of hair, including Noah, thank you so much. There, I, I have a lot of pictures on my phone that I was too embarrassed to send you, to be honest. Really? Yes. Because you sent me some that like really made me feel better. Like, uh, th- and I appreciate you for that because so many people did. I mean, I got seriously hundreds of photos of girls sending me clumps and clumps of their hair. Uh, and it, cause you hear that, like you lose a hundred hairs a day and that d- didn't really make me feel better. So many people DM me that. I just want to let you know you use a hundred. Yeah, I've, I know I've heard that statistic. Is anyone really counting? Um, and it's kind of different when you see that hundred pieces of hair in, like inside of your hand after you've run it through it, you know? Yes. That's yes. traumatic. That is traumatic. And, and it's so traumatic when you haven't washed your hair for a week and a half and how much hair comes out. Oh and that was, it was almost better because when it, so much came out, you're just like, okay, this is supposed to be this much because it's been that long. And I realized like, maybe I don't, maybe I think I'm losing hair all along because I used to, I used to blow dry, wash and blow dry my hair every day, sometimes twice a day because I would get sweaty or greasy and I, I had to be places where I had to look good and do my hair and have all this like, you know, uh, look presentable. And now I don't need that anymore. So I'm not washing my hair anymore. So now it's coming when it comes out, it comes out so much more. That's the problem. Maybe. Yes. Have you had your hair colored at all? Yeah. Once during quarantine. Yeah. Just once. And then just once, just once. Just once. Yeah. That's good. So you're doing way less to it. Yeah, I am. Um, (sighs) so you think it's all in your head probably. I mean, no, no, it's all in the drain, you know, (laughs) it's all coming out of my head. I like the, my drink people go, I was talking about, it's not really hair loss. Cause I'm not losing it. I'm not like, where did it go? I'm like, no, it's right there in the drain. Every day I'm making like little dream catchers from the, the it's like, it's a make your own dream catcher is losing lots of hair. Cause you pull it out of the drain. It's like a perfect circle of a nightmare catcher. And I just put yeah. it on the wall. <laughs> I love and it that. It all my depressed thoughts. Think of all the things you could make, all the collages you could make with the hair that your listeners are sending you. That's kind of creepy and cool. Oh, they're not like actually sending it to me, like oh. in an envelope. Please <laughs> no, don't but- do that. Please don't start doing that. Don't no. give them any ideas. <laughs> no, but virtual, virtual creepy vision boards you could make. They're DM. I know. I Well, I screenshot all of them because I'm like, I think that something needs to be done with this because I think so many women are suffering with insecurities about losing their hair and they think they're alone on it. And I've been someone who has received confirmation that we are not alone. Um, and I don't mean that just aliens, <laughs> even though apparently aliens are real and the government like has, did you guys know that like during this pandemic, like there's been proof of aliens announced, like the government said, something. yeah, there oh, is. Really? I'm not ready for that. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to know. That excites me. I want some help out there. I want someone else to come in here. That's like the way I felt when I first moved back to with my parents. I was like so lonely sometimes that I was wanting it to be haunted. So I just like had someone to talk to and like hang out with it. I was really like, God, I wish my room were haunted because it would be like a fun new friend. 
who's wearing like a wedding dress and like, oh, he left me. Um, floating into my room like an old Confederate <laughs> soldier that I'm just hanging out with in his full regalia. Um, yeah, I got to go to this photo shoot now with my dad. My dad and I are writing um, a parody song to perform on the road. I'm getting ready to go on the road. I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm feeling better about it because I've been doing stand-up every night and like getting back into the habit. Again, if you want to come see me at the Funny Bone in St. Louis, I'm literally on any show that they're having there called The Best of St. Louis. If you call ahead and get confirmation, I, I'm pretty much on any show there. I'm not really promoting them. I really recommend wearing your mask inside. I'm performing with a mask on stage, all that stuff. But it's coming back. I'm getting back on the bike. You I'm good at stand up again. On stage? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, wow. I wear a mask on stage. And it's great because I'm like, oh my God, how good are these jokes going to be when I can actually <laughs> express myself and spew these hilarious droplets <laughs> six feet in front of me? Uh, yeah. So Wait, it's, what do you mean it's you been good. people to wear a mask? Are some of them not wearing masks? No, people are going to the club and they're not required to wear a mask inside in St. Louis, oh. apparently. So they're going to the club and they're sitting amongst each other and they're not wearing a mask. And I get on stage every night. My opener is guys, I hope you, and the comedians aren't wearing a mask either. A lot of the comics, which is like, it's safer for us on stage. Cause the, they're definitely like 10 feet away from us is the closest audience member but they're not wearing masks and it's still in inside. So I'm wearing a mask on stage and I say to them, I go, listen, I, I hope it's okay that I'm wearing a mask. And I I'm only doing this cause like, I don't like trust any of you. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how I begin. It's been really fun to just have like a, an opener right away that I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? Wear a fucking mask. Are they eating and drinking or they just don't feel like wearing a mask? They're drinking. And oh, right. we, I live in Missouri, which is a state <laughs> right. that, you know, doesn't believe that it's the show me state. Okay. Right. Show, oh, right. show me a ventilator in my mom. And then maybe I'll wear a mask is what. God, I remember know. a boss told me that once when I was getting a job and I didn't know what it meant. And he goes, listen, this is, this job is yours to lose. I would love to have you here. The radio station would love you, but you know what? I'm Missouri. I'm the show me state. So Ew. You show me. And I was like, I've never, I don't know what he's talking about at this point. And I, but I did, I showed him, my tits. Your tits. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, got the show that me job. I don't know what it means. It just means that we don't believe it until we see it. And it's not really a good state motto. Like maybe you should, like, we're not very trusting. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. And, and we're, you know, I'm in, I'm in a state now that I can't go to other states without like quarantining for two weeks. So yeah, that's you're nice. not alone there. There's so many states like that. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. Um, I gotta go. Any final thoughts, um, Anya Marina? You gotta watch Unwell so we can talk about it next time on Netflix. It's all oh my about God. the wellness industry. I'm obsessed. I tweeted something years ago about how I'm worried about a lot of my friends falling prey to an essential oil pyramid scheme. And years later, the lid has finally been blown off this thing among lots of others. Ayahuasca, fasting, a lot of bullshit, but watch it. It's so good. Really? Oh yes. Okay. Um, I will definitely check that out. Someone also turned me onto a documentary about Morgellons disease. Do you know anything about that? Well, you talked. Wait, I know. I've heard about it. Please tell me what it is. I can't wait to watch it. Let me just look it up really quick. It's a controversial condition involving skin lesions and the belief that the skin is infected by bugs and other objects like string. 
The condition is relatively uncommon and the cause isn't fully understood. Testing for infection by bacteria or parasites is usually negative. Symptoms generally include skin rashes, a sense of intense itching and crawling under the skin, and fatigue. And it's really weird because they, they, all these people see, have little strings coming out of their skin. And apparently there's a new documentary on Netflix about it that um, I've been told to check out. Uh, it's called Skin Deep, The Battle Over More Gallons. And that's the next thing I'm going to be watching, hopefully tonight with my parents. <laughs> I because I am fascinated by, like, things that are dismissed by, like, you're just crazy, you know? And um, because sometimes things do – sometimes your brain can convince you to, like, experience physical symptoms. So my thing is, I think we live in such a weird, toxic world where we're just, we're just always drinking stuff out of plastic bottles and not thinking about how these things affect us. And then we suddenly have this huge rise in autism, huge rise in Alzheimer's, huge rise in dementia. And I'm so curious if these things are maybe caused by environmental things, environmental toxins. Yeah. Um, But God, I just can't stop using plastic. (laughs) It's so hard. It's and so microwaving hard. it. I mean, I don't do that anymore, but like, yeah, all this stuff is killing us. We're not like getting our nails done. I mean, I was doing a whole bit about like the, the chemicals that we're exposed to when we get our nails done. Oh my God. Can't be good for us. And when people get cancer, they go, oh, I don't know how I got this, but it must have been something, you know? The salon. It's nail times. There had to be something, but maybe there, I don't know anything. Please don't DM me about like, actually, it's not that, like, I don't, I don't know. And I don't really don't want to be educated. Um, yes, I do. Laser, I really just don't care. I just really don't care. No, it, I do care, but I, <laughs> I just, it's too song. much. There's too much to avoid. I can't, you can't do everything right. And I'm trying so hard. I think your quote was, I just think I really don't care, babe. <laughs> That's like the sweetest way to be such a cunt. <laughs> I loved it. Just putting babe at the end. The thing is, <laughs> I honestly just think I really don't care, babe. Yeah. And that's what I'll leave with today, but I do care. I care about both of you, Noah, Anya. Thank you so much for being here. I love uh, you. Thank you for listening. Better. Uh, any last words, Noah, before you jump out the window? <laughs> I love you. I, I love you. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Splat. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to be here all week. Maybe not these two, but who knows? It's, it's a free for all. I, I love you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Again, I'm going on tour coming up August 27th through the 30th. All uh, four dates, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and P- Pennsylvania. Uh, check out those tour dates, NikkiGlazer.com. It's, it's turning into like, it's going to be quite a show, and I can't wait for you to be there. Bert Kreischer FaceTimed me yesterday from the gig in Burton, uh, Pennsylvania, and he says it is just an amazing, amazing gig. And he's done all of these drive-in shows and outdoor shows, and he said the one in Burton is like the best one yet. So if you live in that area, it's near uh, Pittsburgh, make sure to check me out. August 27th, I'll be in town. Tell your friends that live in Pittsburgh to come out and, and come to that show. It's a safe way to enjoy entertainment. And, uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you again, Noah and Anya. Say it with me. Squirt, squirt, squirt. squirt. Yeah. yeah. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.